They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the, the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we're sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, I will have had my baby because we're (laughs) recording this beforehand. Um, (laughs) Fingers crossed. But today, we have Allie from the Empowered Birth Podcast on, and she is so awesome, guys. Yeah, she really is. She had a C-section with her first unplanned. She had a home birth with her second, and she's pregnant with her third, planning another home birth. And she just does a lot for women and just like the title of her podcast suggests, empowering them to make choices about their birth. And not only does she have the podcast, but she's also a nurse and a doula. So she is very informed and knows all things birth and has just huge plans in the making. And you need to just, you need to follow her on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You need to listen to her podcast and you need to listen to this episode because she's She's just really great. She was really great to talk to. It was uh, it was really fun talking to Allie, and we had a, a great time at hearing her stories. Yeah. So, yeah, we hope that you guys like that. And make sure you follow her because she's got tons of great information on her Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of Instagram, <laughs> don't forget to follow us along on Instagram at Birth Naturally if you aren't already. And head over to our YouTube channel. We're having so much fun there. And subscribe so you can see our videos when we've got some fun things planned for that in the future. But we also want to hear your feedback and see how you're liking it. So we hope that you guys all enjoyed today's episode. I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, 
Um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth, like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birth naturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birth naturally for 30 days free. Welcome, Allie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Sure. I am uh, married, been married for six years. I have two little girls and I have one on the way due in January. Uh So we are just a full house over here. It's pretty (laughs) fun. We love, we love it. Um, I'm a nurse and I... Um, I'm also a doula, a home birth doula and I, yeah. And I have a podcast, the empowered birth podcast. So we're pretty busy over here, but love, (laughs) love talking birth. So I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. It sounds like you got your hands full. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're so glad you made the time to talk to us. So when did you and your husband decide that it was time to start your family? And what was that like getting pregnant with your first? <laughs> yeah, well, I was right away, like get married. I'm like, okay, babe, I'm ready. But <laughs> he was like, let's wait a little bit. So um, I was still going through nursing school. And I was when we got married, I had a semester left. So we finished up college. And um, about six months after that, we decided it was time to get pregnant. And I think just coming out of nursing school is a little different um, for me when trying to get pregnant. It took about six months, uh, and that really confused me. And I, looking back, I realized how little I knew mm. about my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I started doing natural family planning, I really started learning about how the body worked, and it's truly fascinating. So once we got pregnant... I still was very naive um, about the whole birth process. Um, I read what to expect when expecting, and that was pretty much it. I didn't do um, very much preparation at all. I think starting at 36, 30, what was it? Like maybe 32 weeks, we started taking a birth class at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I was planning on having a fairly natural birth. But in my mind, I knew that the epidural was there and I was probably going to get it just kind of towards the end when I didn't, I I wanted to hold on, I guess, as long Mm -hmm. as possible. Mm -hmm. So I definitely went in with the mindset of we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And going into that um, and not really knowing anything about how my body worked, uh, there was a lot of fear that I brought into that process that I, I didn't consciously I don't think knew I had so my water broke around 38 and a half weeks actually after Easter service at our church and that was quite interesting (laughs) 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 Um, but I uh I knew what had happened it was a pretty obvious 
thing. Um, but I didn't know what the plan was. We had no, I had written out a birth plan, but in nursing school, I had seen um, a patient give us a birth plan. And the nurse I was following at that time, she said, uh, uh, she took it and we walked away into the nursery. Um, and she said, nobody looks at these and uh. just kind of threw it off to the side. So uh. that was my idea of, of a birth plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had written one out, but I was really afraid to show anybody. Um, oh. <laughs> so, and well, I honestly so intimidating, you know, mm-hmm. like especially yeah. with your experience firsthand, like yeah, because you're experiencing it from the other side too. So. Yeah, yeah, you kind of know the thoughts that go on, and this is the same with VBAC, which I'll talk about later. But I, I mean, mm-hmm. hearing a comment about VBAC, like, oh my goodness, like, can't believe she's be doing a VBAC, like that is really dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> there's a lot of things that when you do hear little. Um, snippets of what you see as truth because it's by someone in authority that can really get stuck with you and impact um, how you see birth. So yeah, had a birth plan, didn't really do anything with it. Uh, I I would love to go look back at it and see what I had written. I have no idea where it's at, but (laughs) that would be be very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we went straight to the hospital after my water broke. I wasn't having any contractions. Um, we had called the nurse's line and they said, yep, okay, your water broke, come in. So I maybe had one contraction on the drive-in. Uh, <laughs> and once I got there, again, really no contractions. So they had me walk. Um, and after a little while, I mean, I labored through the night um, and there wasn't very much progression whatsoever. So um, they, of course, they brought in a bag of Pitocin. Yeah. And I remember my nurse saying, um, oh, this is just oxytocin. This is your body's natural hormone oh. that gets contractions going. And I'm like, okay, like natural hormone. Why not? Like literally knew <laughs> that nothing. Makes it, yeah, that makes it sound really good. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I want a natural hormone in my body? Um, so once I got started, I labored for a couple of hours. Um, and my goodness, like, devil spit for sure. It was not a fun experience. Um, I got an epidural pretty quickly after that. Uh, and I was just exhausted too, because this was through the night, I think nine in the morning. Um, I, I was woken up after this epidural. I had had it for like two hours. Um, the baby's heart heartbeat was at 22 beats per minute. So, um, I looked over and I was like, Oh my goodness. I, I know what's happening, but like, why? And I had five nurses in the room turning me, um, making me um, tributaline to get, to stop the contractions. And they gave my husband a gown and all of this was going oh, on without my um, knowledge. I guess mm-hmm. I had, I didn't know what was happening. Nobody was really, really talking to me and telling me and walking me through things. Um, so that was really a scary experience. The doctor came in, sat at the foot of my bed and, and looked at me and said, you know what, Allie, like this, this sometimes happens, but if it happens again, um, we'll have to do a C-section. 
um, mm-hmm. no other options, just that's what it is. No explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after five minutes, it happened again. So I was wheeled back and, and had a C-section. I didn't get to hold her for an hour or two. Um, and it was just a really traumatic experience. It was something that was, it, it shook my world, honestly. And I don't know if it was because I'm sure my expectations weren't met, but I hadn't made the decisions along the way mm-hmm. to match the expectation I was having for birth. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I wasn't really taking the time to learn. So with my second, it was a lot different, um, but there was an extra layer of fear um, and beliefs that I had built up that I had to break through. Right. So, um, one, one of those was on my postpartum visit with my first, the doctor had told me that, um, my pelvis was too small and I would never be able to birth a baby. Um, that wasn't vaginal. even the reason that you had a C-section though, like that. Right. <laughs> like I wasn't even close to pushing. I think I got to five centimeters. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. But I didn't know that again. No. I, like I didn't know anything at this point. So at, and so at the time, you just kind of accepted what he was saying is true. <laughs> well, I remember there was something in my spirit as I left that appointment. I just knew it was wrong, and I okay, didn't know good. why. Yeah. Um, but it definitely led me to learning. And that was mm-hmm. the first time I was dedicated to learning about my body and about this physiological process. That's um, awesome, though. So, yeah, a couple weeks after that experience, I had found ICANN of Omaha, and I had found a group of women who have also had VBACs. And I knew very shortly after, I would say like a month, I told my husband, you know what, next baby we have, I'm having a home birth. <laughs> and he, he was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it begins. <laughs> it begins. Oh my goodness. But he, he knows me. Like I'm very, <laughs> I, I'm very headstrong and I have my beliefs. Um, and it took very short amount of time after learning about birth to know that this is what I wanted out of it. And I was going to match that those decisions I was making with the expectation I had this time. Yeah, so it was such going a to different be, mindset. Too, like. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, I was no longer going to be um, told what to do told about my body by someone else I was going to be the authority in that and that has not only changed my birth experience but truly my life um I approach it with so much more confidence now than I did ever before that's awesome that that's what it took um so I know this is kind of jumping ahead but as a nurse what do your you know the fellow nurses that you talk to (laughs) what do they think about your beliefs yeah. So it's, it's been a fun journey, honestly. Like I, I love, love, love my coworkers so much, but I didn't tell really anybody except my best friend and my sister and maybe a couple others who I knew were safe people mm-hmm. um, that I was going to home birth. Because again, I had so much 
so many beliefs and fears that I knew were that I had to work through and I didn't want to take on anybody else's. Mm-hmm. That was just right. a lot more work. So I was really careful with who I told. <laughs> yeah. And um when they found out that I had home birth, a lot of them were just totally shocked, right? And didn't <laughs> quite understand, but they were all so supportive. Um And, you know, we all have our own fears and beliefs going in. So when somebody does it completely different than you, it can really um, just make you wonder and make you think. And um, Mm -hmm. I people nervous, I think, too. It It does. Yeah. Because they're like, well, you're you're not doing what I would do. And Mm -hmm. I know I'm right. Yeah. yeah. And are you trying to say I'm wrong? Like, mm-hmm. And that's not what it is. It's right. What's right for you might not be right for someone else. Right. And, and I, and I think I just talk about birth so much. I know they're so tired. of <laughs> So sorry guys, <laughs> but um, they, they've honestly, so many of them have come a long ways in their beliefs about birth just by talking and just by, you know, sharing things and sharing stories because I'm a doula. So like I share some like experiences of, oh, I had this mom who just rocked her birth. Like she was totally quiet the whole time, didn't even know she was laboring, you know, Mm -hmm. and just different stories to kind of normalize birth. Uh, So there's, People are so open-minded if we give them a chance and just share um, experiences. And I just am really, really passionate about normalizing the birth process because I truly do, do believe it reduces fear. So yes, yes, too. same here. You know, we, we talked to a midwife, Anna, um, a couple episodes back. And I remember we asked a question about normalizing things like home birth. And she said, the thing you do is like you're in your community, wherever that is. And start there, you start there. And you're the one that's like, everyone sees you and you're, you know, you're normal, you're Allie, you're this, that. And like, you had a home birth and you're not some witch living in the woods, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then that's how it starts. That's how it starts. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we're more comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's truly, you're right about that. It's like, I'm a, I'm a very normal person, I would say, I think anyway. So I'm not like so cuckoo, but there, there are some people probably now who are like, oh my goodness, she home births. She like uses essential oil. She is crazy. I guess, I guess that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, to me, to me, you're normal to my sister seems normal to me, but I don't know what people think. (laughs) about the home birthers yeah so why don't you talk to us about getting pregnant with your second and how you were feeling you know going into that pregnancy yeah oh my goodness so I was so ready to get pregnant um as soon as my daughter hit a year um I was ready and of course I was ready for um my baby whoever was going to join us but um I knew that whatever was coming next was going to be such a healing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was really, really anxiously looking forward to to that transformation. Just all the research I'd done, all the stories I listened to, um, all the podcasts where I, where I listened um, and learned so much from, I, I was just so anxious for that, that transformation and that experience. So 
um, we did get pregnant pretty quickly. I ended up having a miscarriage and that was a whole other layer of, oh my goodness, I, maybe my body doesn't work the way it's supposed to, you know, I couldn't even Mm -hmm. carry a baby. So that was, it, it was like all of these fears were coming to the surface Um, once I got pregnant, even stronger than they were, you know, prior to that. So there was a lot that I, I ended up working through. Um, I got, I got pregnant about three months after the miscarriage and, um, yeah, I mean, the pregnancy was fairly straightforward and simple. Um, for the most part, I, I, uh, had a low lying placenta at 18 weeks. I, I had an anatomy scan was told that that was going to happen. I, I was doing co-care or I wanted to do co-care with a provider. Um, and you know, this provider was fairly good. Um, but of course, you know, I said, you know, I want to have a home birth and, he was like, well, I do have to tell you the very serious and dangerous things that can happen. (laughs) And I'm like, I am well aware. (laughs) Thank you. But I like, yeah, I I've done my research is what I've said. And he (laughs) he dropped it. He let it go. So um, I only went went to him twice, but um, my, my placenta was very low lying with a little bit covering my um, cervix. So they wanted me to come back every four weeks until delivery. And I was like, eh, it's not really what I want to do. Um, and that was really the first time I feel like I, I stood up and I said, you know what? I've done my, my research. I will do one at like 36 weeks and then we'll go from there. Um, so at 36 weeks, my placenta was only 11 millimeters away from my my cervix. Um, and so that's a little over one centimeter and they like it to be over two centimeters. Otherwise Mm. they do a C-section. So I had a decision to make. Um, I talked to my midwife about a plan. Um, you know, if, if for some reason I started bleeding a lot, you know, I would transfer and have a C-section or if there was, any issues, you know, she was well aware of what was, what was happening. And I knew the risks and the benefits of, um, attempting a home birth or just going straight in for a C-section. So, I mean, what was going on in your head? Like, were you, did you have that fear of like, oh my gosh, here we go again? Well, so when I first found out at 18 weeks, I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed because I thought it was over. I didn't know really anything about placenta previa at this point. I mean, 90% move up by, I think, like 36 weeks. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't, um, it was something that, again, brought up so many fears of like, oh, my body's not working um, the way it's supposed to. And, um, I, maybe I'm just not meant to home birth, but I, I wasn't going to give up again. Like I'm really bullheaded. Like I'm going to do this and I'm going to fight for it until Mm -hmm. the very end. And I knew the C-section was always there if I needed it. And I knew that if I did everything during my pregnancy, 
um, that was in my power that I had control of, I would feel so much better about going in for a C-section because I would know it was absolutely necessary. Right. And I trusted my provider. I trusted that she was so experienced and that she wasn't going to hurry up and transfer me out of her own fear. And I knew that because after my um, ultrasound where I found out I had previa, I called her and I just, I was crying to her and so sweet. She's just like, she let me cry. She let me vent. And then she said, you know what, Allie, I don't operate out of fear. And just those words were like, oh, so powerful. And then it was from then I decided, well, I'm not going to operate out of fear either. We'll, we'll take things as they come. Mm -hmm. And, um, that really did change so much of my birth experience. And again, it's something I've taken into my life where if you operate out of fear, so many of our decisions, if coming out of that place, can be the wrong ones, can be poor choices that oh don't yes. match with what we want. So mm-hmm. it was a life lesson that I learned that day. Um, and there was, there was of course, fear. Um, I started bleeding a little bit. It wasn't like a lot of blood. Um, my midwife said it was bloody show at four in the morning. Um and I wasn't really having any contractions, maybe here or there, but I was still able to sleep. Um, but my midwife came over because I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, am I going to have to go to the hospital? And she's oh. like, oh, baby's fine. You're fine. You know, just <laughs> having that emotional support there was so powerful. Um, yeah. It's just what I needed to be like, okay, like this is working. Like I'm okay. Um, so all day I just kind of hung out. Um, I, I enjoyed walks with my best friend. She came over, hung out with me, just, um, yeah, walked with my girl and really nothing was happening from four in the morning. I I maybe had a couple Braxton Hicks or very light contractions, um, that day. Uh, and then my midwife was scheduled for an appointment at four in the evening. So she came over, baby was posterior. She did a diaphragmatic release. Uh, and from there, I definitely felt the contractions start to be more regular. They're coming every, you know, three to five minutes, but still not painful. Uh, so I, we had dinner, they left for a little bit and I think they got back around like eight o'clock um, and they, there was something inside of me that just kind of felt restless. Like I needed something, but I didn't know what it was. I really wasn't progressing. Um, I wasn't having, uh, an increase of intensity whatsoever with my contractions. And I was just, I was getting a little tired. Like this has been a long time since, you know, I mm-hmm, thought mm-hmm. that I was going into labor and nothing's <laughs> happening. Like what the heck? So, um, I tried to go to sleep. Uh, I come down, my husband, and I come down and they were resting in our living room and we just start talking and we start talking about my last birth. And there was things that came up that I just was like, I was really angry at that. And I was really frustrated and just kind of venting about that. 
Um, it, it really sent my contractions off and I started, I mean, it's amazing how an emotional release can, can allow you the space to just go into labor. Mm -hmm. Um, so I truly believe emotions are powerful. Well, Um, I think we see it even in animals. Like if they're under some sort of stress, they'll, their labor will stop. And people always say they stop their labor, but like your body will, if you don't feel at ease or comfortable or something is bothering you, I mean, your body just says, okay, we're not in a safe place to, to do this. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, let's hold off. So you have all these emotions in your head, I'm sure. And you're like, probably have these fears that are actually Mm -hmm. physically holding you back. That's, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, yeah. It it truly, truly is. And, you know, during that conversation, I had like a really, really long break in contractions. I just was not contracting, talking about my previous trauma, just talking about frustrations, talking about this birth and um, yeah. So I had a very long break. And then all of a sudden, I think maybe once all of that was released, I started having contractions again and they were much, much stronger. They were about eight to 10 minutes apart. And I started like moaning and being nauseous. And my midwife is like, what is happening right now? <laughs> um, she's like, I think it's a good idea. You call, call your people, call your whoever you want um, and set up the pool. So we set up the pool and got in and, um, you know, my friend comes over and my sister eventually gets there and my photographer and I'm in the pool and I'm like, yes, this is happening. And contractions were like three minutes apart at this point. I'm like, I am doing wonderful. This is amazing. Well, for some reason, I just, it, it was like I was kept going in and out of transition. I just couldn't quite get past to where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is after a couple of hours in the pool. Um, because I was going in and out of contractions or transition like labor, um, my midwife asked if she could check me. And I said, yes, but I don't want to know mm-hmm. where I'm at. Because I knew, again, if I was where if I wasn't where I thought I should be, I knew that was just going to absolutely destroy like my mindset and I would have to reset. Um, Mm -hmm. So she checked me and you know what? I am so glad she did not tell me because I was at five centimeters and um, zero station. So exactly where I was when I kind of stalled out and was having so many issues with my last birth. Oh my gosh. Thank Mm -hmm. goodness you didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. It was, yeah, it, I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. So where did you go from there? Yeah. So they suggested I got, I get out of the pool um, mm-hmm. and just take a nap. Um, so I got out. It was really early in the morning. Everybody was so respectful in the room. They were quiet. They didn't really talk to me or interfere with me. They were just there holding space and I was getting their emotional energy off of them. It was so amazing, but they quickly dispersed and they went to bed. (laughs) Um, and so I went to bed too, uh, for a couple of hours, I would wake up to a contraction and I would get down on my hands and knees. Um, and I would look over and my sweet, sweet midwife was there. She was rubbing my thighs. 
um, oh. contractions and then I'd fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, that was, so, it, it's probably one of my most favorite memories um, during that, during my labor, just knowing she was there and they were really, they weren't fun contractions at that point. And I was so tired. So I did get some sleep. Um, I think I got up around eight in the morning, I believe, um, maybe a little bit earlier than that, but, um, we thought it was maybe a good idea to go outside. And at this point it was June. (laughs) So I was able to go outside and enjoy nice morning weather. I went on a walk outside, um, and, I got a a double long contraction. It was very, very intense. I started feeling a lot of pressure in my cervix. And um, my midwife at this point uh, was like, okay, let's let's go back upstairs. I only made it around the block. (laughs) I started losing some more bloody show and things were getting super real at this point. So um, I started feeling all of that pressure down there. I felt like I had to poop. I mean, like everything was going on. Yeah, it happened really quickly after that walk. So I just needed to get out of my house, I think, for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, So around 9.30, my body just started pushing on its own. And looking back, I think I had an idea of what I thought pushing was going to be like. And also every time I pushed, it would take away the intensity of the contraction. So I pushed a really, really long time. I don't think I needed to. Looking back, um, what I know now, I just probably would have labored a little bit longer until I really, really couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I pushed for an hour, and then I finally started feeling baby's head. The midwife suggested I, I reach in there and feel baby's head because I was so tired and I was kind of giving up hope. I'm, I don't know if this is happening. I don't know if any of this pushing is really doing anything. I just started talking to her. I was like, come on, baby. I'm, I'm just ready. Like I want to snuggle with you. I want to nurse <laughs> you. I was so desperate towards the end. Um, so I pushed for another hour and a half and baby was great the whole time. Um, they gave me some, some honey. I remember cause I was, I was just really, really weak um, yeah. at that point. Um, but yeah, push baby out and oh my goodness, it was, it was the most amazing feeling of my whole life. I, oh, I'm sure. Oh, oh I mean, it was like worth every second of every fear releasing technique I did and every labor, every contraction was totally worth it. So I bring her up to my chest and, um, I'm like, Oh, it's my baby. And I checked, it was a girl. We didn't know what we were having. And that again was just confirmation. Um, I had a dream during my pregnancy with her that it was a girl. I saw my birth actually. I was in the pool. I pulled her up, opened up the blanket and saw she was a girl. and I saw her name above um her in my dream so I really it was just the whole experience was absolutely magical um 
Um, yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Oh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was so, so beautiful, but I was so proud because I mean, I had done it. Not only was I told that I wasn't able to birth a baby out of my vagina. Right. I did that. Mm-hmm. And she was over a pound bigger than her sister. So. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Take that doctor. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. I was so, yeah, I was so proud of myself. Um. Wow. You're, and you're, it's so funny. Like your labor just did not follow any of those, like, you know, the things that it's supposed to do. It's, right. just, it's but you, yeah, you did it. And that, wow, that is a, an amazing story. Yeah. It's and so I was just cool. so happy to have somebody like a midwife who was patient. Right. And who, again, didn't operate out of fear because it was so start and stop and because it got so intense mm-hmm. so quickly. Um, it was just, it was a hard labor, I'm sure, to watch even. Like, yeah. it wasn't pretty. It wasn't fast. It was, yeah, like you said, not what a typical labor um, would be like. Um, so if I would have been in a hospital setting at this point, for me, I know that, first of all, my my um, placenta was so low. Like, I wouldn't have even had a chance to leave her. Oh, no. Right, right. Yeah. But they yeah. they absolutely would have started you on the Pitocin or broken yeah. your water. Or, yeah, it would just right. keep on coming. And, yeah. and you did, clearly, you didn't need it. I mean, it just, your baby wanted to take her time. That's all. Yep, <laughs> yep. And my uterus knew, like, it had a scar. So it was going to start and to stop gentle. and do what it yeah. needed to do. Yeah. And so we just had to be really patient. So um, I did... I did bleed a little bit more than normal, but Mm -hmm. it was amazing that like midwives had the herbs necessary um, that I needed and it stopped very quickly um, after that. So I think a lot of people go in with this expectation like, well, what if something goes wrong? Like what if something happens? And it's like your midwives are really, really prepared. Like they've seen a lot. They know what to look for before something goes wrong. They they know how to, I think what people forget is throughout your pregnancy, like from the first time you meet with your midwife, they are assessing to see if you are a good candidate for home birth because they're not going to take risky patients on because Mm -hmm. it's not benefiting anyone, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so if you've gotten to that point where you're in labor at home with a midwife, chances are you have a pretty good shot at birthing a baby. Right. Right. And they they know with each individual person, like what to look for. So, mm -hmm. because they know you so well too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. It's just a whole different, like, it's hard to explain to people who don't understand. There's just a different like model yeah. It's a holistic model. So they're yes. not only assessing your physical ability, but also like, are you willing to take responsibility for your birth, for your health? Mm-hmm. Um, it's an emotional readiness. It's a spiritual readiness. Like all of it, the midwife yeah. is assessing at every prenatal appointment, which is like sometimes one to two hours long, depending on what the mom needs. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a, in a you know, medicalized setting, you have 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's a very holistic approach to yeah. birth and so, to care. So what was, what was recovering from a C-section like versus recovering at home? Hi. Oh man. I mean, 
like vaginal birth hands down was so much better. Um, I had a second degree tear, mm-hmm. um, but I would take that any day other <laughs> than yeah. a surgical, um, oh, I'm sure. incision. Yeah. I was, I barely felt the tear, honestly, like the midwife gave me some amazing herbs and I took an herbal bath every day. Um, it was so healing. It was amazing. Um, I felt very cared for, after my home birth. Um, and I, and I intentionally gave myself that space to rest and relax and not doing anything for two weeks. So I think again, it's the learning of, of your postpartum time. Like yeah. it's okay to not do anything. Like your main goal is to lay on the couch and nurse your baby and yeah. snuggle and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that time is so important with your baby. So, so important. And with my first, I was just like, I mean, I had trouble bonding with her. It was a very traumatic experience. So I yeah. didn't I didn't even really connect with her for a few weeks after, which is so sad. Um, yeah, but I, I do get that. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to hand her off to a lot of people in my postpartum. I mean, I was angry. I was angry mm-hmm. that I had a surgical incision and it hurt really, yeah. really bad. And sure. people weren't taking me seriously in the hospital when I was saying how bad it hurt. Um, I just didn't feel taken care of. And I know h- how important that is now as a mom. Like, it's not just the baby who matters after no. birth. Like, the mom matters so much. Oh, gosh. And I think that's so, like... I actually had, a, I had two hospital births and with my second, I was expressing some things cause I had gained a little confidence between my first mm-hmm. and second. <laughs> and I remember there was a pediatrician in the, in the hospital who actually said to me, it's not about you. It's about <sighs> the baby. And I remember thinking like, this is like, we are like, we're a pair. We are, mm-hmm. you know, and we both matter, you know, it's, right. but that is really a huge component and what's missing and our medical system is like, even, at, you know, after you have the baby, of course, everyone wants to see the baby, but like, they remember there's another human being here too, yeah, exactly. who just did like something really hard and amazing. So like, <laughs> yeah, give them some credit. <laughs> I mean, look at the maternal mortality rate in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like there's something severely wrong when we put our sole focus on the baby mm-hmm. and not the mom. If we mm-hmm. just totally forget and say, oh, you're not having very much pain, you know, like suck it up. Everybody gets a C-section right. um, or, you know, just not believing moms when they say something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big, big problem. So yeah. I think when we switch our mindset to being like, you know what, mom matters so much as well. So let's really take care of her. Imagine yeah. what would um, our mortality rates be? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, so that's such a, an important thing that we just gloss over. And yeah. yeah. Cause we, we always like to ask moms about their postpartum experience because I think even, even as the person giving birth, you don't think about life past pregnancy, baby, Mm -hmm. you just, it ends there. It's like, okay, baby's here, but then there's you (laughs) recovering. And it's so important to take care of yourself and to do things that you need and just take it easy afterwards. Yeah. Cause even on the bonding with the baby, (laughs) like, I mean, yeah, the birth experience goes so much into the bonding 
of your baby. Like right. all of those natural hormones, that release is just so powerful um, at establishing that bonding. But so does giving your body time to enjoy those hormones and mm-hmm. to increase the prolactin levels, which helps your milk supply. And every time you breastfeed, you know, like you're getting those bonding hormones of oxytocin and it's just a beautiful combination that if it's interrupted, um, it can have consequences mm-hmm. to it. So I definitely can tell a difference. Even my, my kids are two and four, And I can still tell a difference in how I approach someone who is crying versus my second who is crying. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't just last, um, you know, immediate postpartum, like something it's an imprint that happens. Mm -hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Um, that's, well, that's amazing. So I'm assuming that you're having another home birth with your third. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I am. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I'm learning a lot because I said the intention with this one that it was going to be a low technology, um, experience and just kind of taking that away has really forced me to learn about the genitive side of the brain. Um, and kind of let go of a lot of the analytical processing information and just kind of feeling. And I'm not a super feeling person. Like <laughs> I, I don't like giving myself permission to feel all the feelings. Um, but this baby has me crying so much. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm learning a lot about it's, it's also, yeah. And yeah. this, the, during this, like this time in the world, it's like, it's, probably a good thing that you're like, (laughs) you're learning that. And it it is emotional time because I'm sure this pregnancy is not like your others, you know, you're not, your life is not, no one's life is the same right now. So that's, it's a good time to learn how to, (laughs) to feel all of Mm -hmm. those things. Yes. It's so true. And it's, it's just, yeah, I'm like even more empathetic now. And so this baby is teaching me a whole different set of um, information and Aww. just values. And Aww. so it's good. But, um, I had my midwife this time. She, uh, is just absolutely amazing. And, um, when I told her I was pregnant, she's like, Allie, are you ready for the most, um, autonomous birth you've ever wanted? And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So she's like, way more hands-off than my original midwife who was amazing by the way and I think it was exactly who I needed during that one but I'm ready to just like really dive deep and experience such an intuitive um connected birth um so yeah wow so you have something very exciting to look forward to (laughs) that's so cool Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing these stories with us. Can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you? And yeah, Yeah. tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, sure. So the Empowered Birth Podcast really came from, again, my experience of um, having a desire, having an expectation and not meeting those um, with the the decisions that would match that. So um, my podcast really dives deep into 
learning about all of the decisions out there and making sure that they match with the ones that you have, um, with the expectation that you have. And then also just sharing stories of women who have had an intuitive birth, um, learning more about how to experience that and um, really enjoy your labor and delivery. So um, yeah, you can find that on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher at the Empowered Birth Podcast. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Empowered Birth Podcast as well. Or um, we have a private Facebook group um, that I can give you the link to. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, we'll put, the, we'll put all of that in the show notes. And I have a podcast to binge for the next, hopefully not too long before I get <laughs> <laughs> yes I know you're so close it's exciting so close but so far you know like it feels like it feels like the, it's in the far distance and I know it's not it's just you know I feel that it's the end of the pregnancies mm-hmm. is always the toughest <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories with us Allie yes thank you guys oh that was so much fun talking to Allie today we hope that you guys liked her episode as much as we enjoy talking to her yeah make sure you follow her on instagram and follow us on instagram at birth naturally and please leave us a rating and review on itunes because like we always say it really does help people yeah that's what helps us to grow the podcast so yeah please do that (laughs) yeah and we'll see you guys next time